Hey guys, I want to get our listeners involved finally. One triple three five three, give us a call. But on this particular topic, uh, the redesign of the Australian five dollar note, uh, and here's the bombshell: it won't feature King Charles uh, as Queen Elizabeth portrait is removed, mm. obviously for the update. And uh, five dollar note will come out, and bang, no King Charles. Personally, couldn't be happier. Uh, don't need to see his ugly mug and his ears probably would have been too big for the five dollar note you know what I mean they probably had to add them on the sides yeah it'd be a twenty dollar note they're like a couple of wing keels off the side of the five dollar note so he's gone yeah uh, which has prompted outrage from the opposition of course because they're all old monarchists Uh, they'll be furious when they get back from George Pell's funeral Oh, um, they've had a busy couple of days, uh, the opposition. Um, anyway, so the Reserve Bank has announced the decision. Uh, the portrait of the Queen first appeared on the $5 polymer note in 92. Mm. Following the Queen's death, the RBA reviewed the design and on Thursday announced via a statement that the note would change following consultation with the Feds, the federal government. Uh, here it is. Uh, quote, the Reserve Bank has decided to update the $5 banknote to feature a new design that honours the culture and history of the first Australians. What a great idea. I couldn't be happier. I think uh, that's a significant uh, moment. Uh, I feel, however, there is extra room on that note for, you know, we don't need Parliament House. You can take that no. off it. And, and we can put in something else as well that we think is culturally significant. Um, Warney. 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 Yeah. We could put Warney on that. What about a shirtless Michael Clark? <laughs> Carlos. Carlos. Well, you could call the note the Carlos. <laughs> so I'll have a beer. That's, uh, that's going to that's that's cost a you a Carlos. That's, that's a Carlos. Mate, can you loan me a Carlos? I don't know. Bill Gibson. Oh, Look, oh, anyone oh, oh, oh. who can fake cancer is... <laughs> well, we're down that we're down that route. What about Mel Gibson? Mel oh. Gibson, hey, well, you might get some opposition. Yeah, so. Chappelle Corby, oh. Chappelle Corby, she smuggled it. Can you guys help us out? Uh, someone iconic, uh, someone from uh, the new world to match the old world. One triple three five three. Get on it right now. You're listening to Mick and MG in the morning on Triple M Sydney, the podcast, and. This is what's coming up for your listening pleasure. A story that brought Mick a lot of joy. Simon Cowell's head been set on fire during the Britain's Got Talent auditions. Plus, we're joined by one of our favourite comedians, Ross Noble. The chat can go anywhere and that's what we love about the man and it certainly does. It ended up with what would happen if avatars got fat So, and not to mention a segment on deep fake porn. Enjoy. Who would you go with, MG? Um, from an Indigenous point of view, I think you can't go past Kathy Freeman or Lionel Rose. So I think as far as sporting okay. moments that would go, be great. They're, they're, but I also, for, you know, for for a bit of a giggle, when you hand over your five dollar note, it'd be good to see Lucky Grills' barge ass on there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Only when you're purchasing dim sims or or chico roll. Or chico roll. Give me a barge ass, one barge ass. What about uh, Bluey? What about Bluey? Oh, oh, Bluey? Our dog Bluey. He'd look hilarious on on one side. What about the poo jogger? <laughs> That's particularly 
Australia, we can do this all day. One triple three five three. Get involved, Greg. Who would you like to see on uh, the backside of the five dollar note? Me, of course. You? Why you? What have you ever done? Well, I used to work with kids and adults with um, you know learning and behavioural difficulties and all that sort of shit. Well, <laughs> and all that sort of shit. That's yeah, one, yeah, okay, that's, Greg, that's a really dismissive way of describing some very significant work. And good yeah. on you. Uh, you are a health worker and frontline troops. There should be, I tell you what, if there was any uh, justice, uh, there'd be a different health worker on every $5 note. But uh, Make no mistake, Patrick. Uh, what say you on this vexing issue? Currently, we have John Monash on the $100 note. I want to move him from the $100 note to the $5 note and put Sir Donald Bradman on the $100 note. Oh, hang on. Patrick, you, now all we wanted to do was put someone in the $5 note. You're rearranging all the furniture. so <laughs> Take that to caucus. You got, so who's on the $100 note? John Monash. So you want to put him on the 5 and then who's going to the 100 Sir Donald Bradman, where he's supposed to be. Where oh, he's not... supposed to be. Here's my problem, and uh, I hate to make a point that we all know. What's the point of there's no $100 notes in circulation? No. Uh, they've all been stockpiled by criminals. Um, you know what I mean? Tell me the last time you saw a grey nurse floating around in in general circulation. They're out that's there. Good, they come out point. there. But you tell me there's not a big-ass cash economy going on out there where which is siphoning off all our $100 notes. So you ne- you'll never see the Don. Uh, and plus, he be... wasn't a hundred; he was a ninety-nine point nine up. So you can't have that. <laughs> the, the Australian dollar would a hundred dollar. The Australian dollar have to trade at ninety-nine point nine four cents. That's hilarious, MG. Uh, take the rest of the morning off, MG. That is gone. <laughs> okay, sir. Hey, Cherie is on the line. I like the sound of this, Cherie. Who should be on the back of the five-dollar note? Uh, only Australia's best bush survivalist, Russell Coit. Russell Coit. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that would make me laugh every time I handed over a five dollar note, and I, uh, uh, with pants on or pants off, because Russell Coit does get his oh. pants off a, a we fair could, bit. We could have those ones that change in the sunlight. Oh, good one! Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a watermark on his buttocks. Thank you, Cherie. Sam, who are you thinking? Young. I was thinking uh, Steve Irwin, mate. Steve yeah, Irwin, bang, maybe maybe beside Russell Coit. Thank you. Jerry's on the line. Jerry, who would you like to see on the back of the $5 note? Oh, mate, can't be anybody else but Mr. 05 himself, uh, Peter Brock. Bob Brocky. Oh, good one. Well, hey, uh, hey, 05 won the five. Yeah, I like the 20 would be a lobster. Give us a lobster, and then the five would be a Brocky. Brocky. Mate, I'm going to need a Brocky. Jason's on the line. What are you thinking, Jason? Well, I reckon Kathy Freeman is definitely supposed to be on one side. Yeah. And the new Australians on the other side, I'd put Steve Irwin and Paul Hogan facing each other oh. on the other side. <laughs> like a coat of arms. Replace the emu and the kangaroo on the coat of arms. Paul Hogan and Steve Irwin. Oh, I like it. One. Good idea, Jason. Joe's on the line. Joe, uh, who do you want to see on the back of the $5 note? I'm thinking Captain Kim. Kath and oh, Kim. <laughs> oh, look at Moy, look at Moy. I like that. Kath and Kim. And what about Gary Paul from Gary Paul's Pools? Which would put me on it as well. <laughs> that would be great. I'll have I'd a go on the $5 you. note. Well done, Jay. You can't get more honourable and Australian than that. Or can you? Jason, who would you put on the $5 note? 
G'day, fellas. I reckon uh, it's got to be Cocaine Cassie. Cocaine <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, and then you roll up the $5 note and yeah, right. use use it in any fashion you like. Well, What would wow. you roll it up for? What would you roll uh, a $5 well, note? Well, you know, I'm not sure how it works. But, <laughs> but apparently, apparently that's that, what that, that would be a great honour for Cocaine Cassie. Uh, Graham's on the line. Graham, who do you want to see on the $5 note? What about Bob Hawke? Oh, Hawkey. Uh, doing anything in particular? Yeah, necking the schooner or maybe even Ah, oh, sculling a beer like he does at the footy or yeah. even the yard glass. I'm still, I still think the proudest moment in history of this That's... country. The high watermark of leadership is that we had a Prime Minister who had a Guinness Book of Records for sculling a yard glass. <laughs> That's that's the best, isn't it? That is the that's, best. That's the best. Mitch is on the line. Mitch, who do you want to see on the five dollar note? Mate, if the monarchists are worried about not having someone with big ears, put on Skippy. So Skippy <laughs> is culturally Australian, and I like it. the The best Skippy story I ever heard was from Frank Thring, and Frank Thring oh. once said he he was he was a guest star on Skippy. And uh, as you know, there were a lot of skippies for each particular yeah. episode. And uh, keep, uh, and I know this is very, it wouldn't happen today, of course, but uh, back in the day, uh, to keep Skippy calm, they put him in a bit of a, like a Hessian sack or something <laughs> between takes. And I remember Frank Thring came on and he goes, Whoa, well, if that's how they treat the star, I can't imagine I'll be getting any better treatment. <laughs> Frank Thring, yeah, that's a throwback. Frank Thring, wow. wow, scary man. We can do a whole show on Frank Thring. Yeah. Uh, David, who would you like to see on the th- a five dollar note? Australia's greatest con man, Peter Foster. So when Peter Foster, <laughs> every time man. he gets arrested, you have that as a photo. <laughs> so it's like a, you'd have his photo fit. You'd have <laughs> you'd have his mug shot. <laughs> Uh, I like it a lot. Let's go to Nico. Nico, uh, who would you like to see on the back of the five dollar note? Mate, the greatest Australian Olympian of all times, yes. Stephen Bradbury. Bradbury, yes. he's there. Oh, yeah. you'd love to, uh, you know, lop out of Bradbury. That would be fantastic. I like it a lot. I tell you what, we've had some fun here today. Uh, Adam, who do you want to see on? Who do you want to see on the five dollar note? The great Tom Radonikus, of course. Oh, Tommy. <laughs> Carelessly flicking away a Winnie's blue as he blows out the smoke. Uh, I can't think of anything more Australian. Yeah, uh, no. That's Tom, right. Tommy Radonikus in a smoking ceremony. Checking the latest online. It's Mick Talk. What is trending right now, guys? Dr. Phil, a Daytime television talk show to end after 21 seasons. Uh, Now, uh, this is huge news. Uh, He was introduced, I think, originally as a guest on Oprah Winfrey. Yep, he was. uh, And uh, then spun off into his own show. I don't know much about him, uh, but joining us uh, in the studio to talk us through it, uh, one of our producers here, Josh. Josh, uh, how big a news is this? It's very big news. Um, No one saw it coming? I don't think anyone saw it coming. I was shocked by it. I thought he still had a few years left in him. 
especially with everyone else really? retired. Oh. But I'm sorry. I, He's been going for about yeah. 20 years. <laughs> but you've got Ellen DeGeneres signing off. You've got Oprah off. You thought he would stay around for a bit longer. Yeah, okay. And capitalise on that. But uh, What was my favourite show? Who was the guy? Who, what was the show where they used to bust all the chairs? You know. The, <laughs> Ricky Lake? <laughs> no. Oh, Phil, oh well, um, not, Jerry you know, Springer. Jerry Springer. Jerry. Springer. Jerry. Jerry. Man, I used to love watching Springer. I used, I used to love watching the security guy have to step oh, in. Big Steve. Yeah, every, Big every, Steve. Time the, every time the carny folk wanted to punch on with each other. <laughs> I, I like that one. And what's the other one where they get the guy to talk about uh, are you the test. real father? The paternity yeah. test. That Good always morning. got pretty fruity. So, Dr. Phil, what was the attraction with Dr. Phil and what are we going to miss? Well, about? the biggest story that I found from Dr. Phil was this girl. She was this bogan that went on it, um, was having an argument with her mum, and she went viral from it in, in one of the clips. Kat, you've got the grab there. Catch me outside. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? And she's just gone viral. Just that little clip. People have turned it into remixes, and she's just blown up on the internet. She made a OnlyFans off the back of it, and now she's worth fifty million dollars just from that wow. one appearance on Doctor Phil. And she's got an OnlyFans. She just bought a six million dollar house in America, uh, end of last year, all from this one appearance. And she's now a, a DJ now as well. Oh, well, wow. you, you don't Phil. need much anymore to be famous and rich in America. Get on OnlyFans. <laughs> Get on OnlyFans. I think you and me, MG, should have an OnlyFans site. Yeah, I think. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it over the weekend. I think definitely something we should pursue. Uh, a little something for the ladies. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we can get onto that. That and uh, was she twerking? Did she used to twerk a lot? <laughs> I, I like it when the guests twerk on a show. That, that happens. I think once she once she was on for that first episode, she released this song called "Cash Me Outside," which is a remix of it, and she was twerking in that video. So then. I think Dr. Phil got her on a few times and she played that song. She was twerking to the crowd and everything. So, All right. Well, see what you've done, Dr. Phil. That's your <laughs> life's work. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. I think uh, under no. the guise of being a doctor, he, he exploit yeah. a few different people on, uh, on that stage. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, they set people up to, to make dicks of themselves. Have so. it judge duty. What? Oh, oh Judge, no. no I, would, I would love to have appeared before Judge Judy. <laughs> I would have approached the bench and uh, <laughs> put it on her. Uh, we I, it we on. interviewed her. <laughs> if, uh, I'd like to see you in your chambers, Judge Judy, <laughs> if that's okay. Uh, how long did she last? Because she was She's still going. 42. She's still going, yeah. She's still I going. Thought, I thought they finished her contract. No, she's uh, she's back. She's looking a lot older, because, well, probably because she is close to eighty. But yeah, she's um, she's still going. She's uh, she's on. You'll see her on at midday on any uh, on many channels. Maybe Channel Ten today. You'll see her. And do you know what her net worth is? Oh, Four hundred and forty million. Yes. Yeah, good yes. Once again, well done, USA. Good chat, guys. Gaia, he's over over his head. What a try! Sport Report. Yeah, the uh, the Brisbane Heat are through to the uh, final of the Big Bash after what many are saying is the biggest upset in Big Bash history, um, chasing a paltry 117 runs uh, and missing Usman and Marnus and Renshaw and Swepson. The Sixers were clear favourites, um, but after, and especially after a heat collapse of five for 25. 
But in the end, Michael Nessa um, was the, the man of the moment who got the winning runs, and this is how it all went down. It's four required now. Nisa does it in one blow. The Brisbane Heat in one of the great upsets knock over the Sixers on their home deck and make their way through to just a second Big Bash decider on the back of Michael Nisa. 48 from 32. He's the hero tonight for the Heat. Yeah, the Brisbane Heat, who finished fifth on the ladder, will now take on the Perth Scorchers in the final. Dragons fans, if you're listening, might be the time to uh, turn the volume down because um, the Dragons have been dealt another off-season blow with Jack Bird uh, requiring surgery to his knee after injuring it at training. Uh, this comes off the back of uh, their regular number six, Junior Amone, who was stood down under the NRL's no-fault stand-down policy. Uh, Jaden Sullivan suffering a hamstring injury. Um, the SOS went out to Brody Croft. Uh, they are desperate at the moment, the Dragons, but there is a bright uh, spark for them at the moment called Terrell Sloan, who apparently by all reports has been killing it over the offseason. He's, he's put on some muscle, and this kid I thought was going to be a superstar a couple of years ago didn't get much of an opportunity last year, and a lot of, pre- a lot of predicting that the Dragons may get the wooden spoon. I'm not so, so sure about that. I think uh, Hook Griffin's got something up his sleeve, and for all you Dragons fans, uh, stay in the fight because you could be all right. I think <laughs> here's a feel-good story to turn you around, MG. Yeah, so I'll put a smile on your face. Simon Cowell's been set on fire. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know it sounds like a like a something on your wish list, but it's actually okay. happened. Simon Cowell, who we know is the host of Britain's Got Talent, was set on fire by a masked auditionee oh, uh, wow. in a terrifying stunt during the London auditions that went wrong. Um, the TV judge was taken on stage and had a hood put over his head by by a magician who was masked during the show. It was reported that lighter fluid was poured all over the hood. Then his head was locked in a box, which was opened at the front for the audience to see inside. The magician then dropped a flame into the box and his entire head went up his flames. (laughs) Hey, this is an accident. This guy knew exactly oh, what he was doing. This was premeditated. If ever I've attempt, seen it. This is a temperature. Mate, <laughs> mate, and by the way, this is simulcast. That'd be like a tyre fire. There's that much plastic. It's like There's that candle. much rubber. It'll take three days to put out. Have you seen him lately? Oh, my goodness. No, mate, he's, he's off. They'll, they'll need, you know, those guys who put out the oil wells in Iraq. Come in. Call Red Adair. Hey, Red, quick, come and put out Simon Cowell. He's, he's burning out of control. We can see it from neighbouring suburbs. There's just big black plumes of smoke coming up into the air. Hey, uh, look, I haven't seen the competition, but there's your winner. Give that magician. The gold medal. <laughs> But if that became a regular segment, I wouldn't be complaining. No. I would have thought when the guy is putting a box on your head and getting out the light of you, and yeah. Floyd, you might want to take a look. Anyway, uh, let's send some flowers or something. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm, I'm laughing because he's fine. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll send a fire extinguisher or something. <laughs> yeah, well, as I said, it'll burn for days. It's time to talk porn. And in particular, guys, deep fake porn. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know Please the concept? Please explain. 
Well, I will. Firstly, I'll tell you why I'm talking about it, because a deep fake porn creator has deleted his internet presence after a tearful apology. Basically, he's a Twitch streamer called Brandon Ewing, and he's admitted to buying and watching deep fakes from an account that makes non-consensual sexual explicit A1 generators of his colleagues, people you work with. So basically, it'll take a regular porn and it'll take your image... MG, I can't believe it. Just hold still for a second, MG, while I take your photo. And that is now uh, in my possession. And Whoa, baby. (laughs) Look at MG go. (laughs) So that's basically how it works. I steal your image. I put it into a pornographic scenario. You can do it with famous people. And you can do it now uh, with your colleagues, which is what this guy's done. He made a very tearful apology. Have you got it there? What I really want... Especially women on Twitch to feel safer. Like we don't tolerate any sex behavior in the chat. We ban it on site. And like I've done this consistently over and over and over. And then 2 a.m. I've been reading so much AI stuff. Oh. Defake music, defake art and everything. I just feel so embarrassing to me. But I was on Pornhub, dude. I was on a regular as normal website. And there was an ad. There's an ad on every video. Other people must be clicking it because it's on every video for a defake thing. Man. You've got, you got to be watching a lot of porn when you've watched so much that the only one left is to fake it. How much porn do you have to watch before before you go, oh, man, I'm out of options. I'll have to create my own. Uh, what, uh, by the way, he... by the way, just I'm pointing out that if you do see any porn out there with my face on it, it's 100% deep fake. <laughs> yeah. Except for that one, maybe. Uh, um, What's he, what's he crying about? What? Because what, what, oh, he's, he's been caught? busted and it's he's about to co- cost him. His well, wife's next a, to him. His yeah, wife is in the background. He's going to cost him a lot of money too. He'll probably follow us. Uh, whenever they cry and say, oh, well, I'm sorry, it's because their, their economic income is threatened. Uh, and possibly, I don't know, because it's all non-consensual because those images have not been approved. That's he right. may well be in legal jeopardy. I mean, look, that's all fun to post a celebrity's face on it. Thing. Call me old-fashioned, but whatever happened to the old celebrity sex video? You know, yeah. the real deal. We're no need for this deep. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Um, I've, I've actually there's one out there of me. Did I, you know that? Yeah. No, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, celebrity sex video. Sadly, there's no one else in it. <laughs> just, just, but saying just, that, you do look. It's saying just that, me. You have, got, you have got a very striking resemblance to Ron Jeremy. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what, Jim G? You're actually onto something there. Oh, people yeah. often, the, hedge, the hedgehog. The, the people often say to me, "You know what? You look like you look a bit like Ron Jeremy." And I go, "Well, I'd take that more as a compliment if you said it when I wasn't wearing pants." Um, <laughs> but, but this stuff, this this stuff. If you squint, I could be Ron Jeremy. So go home. To, Girls, go home tonight, uh, pop on Ron Jeremy and squint. Now, and you'll get a sense of what it's like to rumble in the jungle with a big fella. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, but look, deep fake porn, I don't know, is it offensive, is it wrong? Uh, To me, it's just the extension of the old lights out and you pretend your partner's someone else. You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't, Don't you understand? That's how it is. It's just a logical extension of calling your partner by a different name. All right. What happened All to right. the Rybold? What happened to the the, the Rybold or the or the the magazines? Are they, are they now defunct? Are they gone? Oh, mate, that, that technology. 
So you know what happened? That that went out with the porn stash. The, the kids today. Yeah. This is the my problem with kids today. They yes. have no art. They have no idea the art of the porn stash or where to hide it, what to do with it, because it's all online. They always sit there. They don't even know how to keep a National Geographic under the bed. They have it all. Oh, I reckon we'll go on this. Go on. <laughs> Let's go, Owen. Now, Kat, uh, you were given the onerous task last night. Uh, because you basically begged for it. It's not it. true. I, I joined I, Triple M, so I didn't have to watch this rubbish. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's rubbish now. You've just been well, <laughs> why don't you prove it, it either way? Uh, you in or you out? You watched it last night. I did. Uh, I asked for a review. Who's good? Who's bad? Who's a villain? Who's not? What are you making of it? And tell me what you bring to the table. Okay. Well, first, I met a lady called Caitlin who has not been very lucky in her dating life so far. My general type is usually one who looks like he'll ruin my life. <sighs> I went on a date with a guy and it was extravagant. He pulled all the stops and then we went back to his house at the end of the night and there was a girl in his bed. So this was the <laughs> opening five minutes. So I was like, you know what? I'm in. That old one, oh, right? No, that's, that's uh, come on, don't tell me that was a deal breaker, was it? <laughs> Another girl in the event. Go with the flow toots. So this poor lady, Caitlin, who looks like she might enjoy threesomes, what if right. you were an ex- expert that you wanted to give a woman that's struggling to love herself and make good choices, what do you give her? What? A personal trainer wearing a ridiculous hat. I'm confident, I'm strong. I'm in peak condition. I'm good. So, yeah, the the jury's out on those two. (laughs) It could have been you, MG. I'm a personal trainer. You could have done that role. I'd love to to see MG on maths. Oh, me too. Me too. Then we met another new couple called Duncan and Alicia. They seem happy and compatible and boring, so we probably won't talk about them much. (laughs) Good. So... We're actually going to move to the villains now because this is when it, this is when it gets really go. good, and that's sure. what the show's about. So then I got introduced for the first time for me to Harrison and Bronte. Now they're on their honeymoon phase of this whole thing. They've had the marriage. They're spending a couple of nights in Newcastle somewhere or in the Hunter. They shag on the first night of their honeymoon, which I go. support. You've got to try before you buy. Well, they've already bought, but they tried after they bought. But one of them, I reckon, must be an average lay, because this is what Harrison said after it. Last night, we slept together, and then the chemistry's just changed. Yeah, so... What changed? Well, well, that's the thing, and I, I think it must have been bad, because the rest of us, we can collect our things and get in an Uber before dawn, but True. they have to sit down and <laughs> chat to each other about it in this awkward scenario called the truth box or something. Oh. So he pulls wow. out a card about saying, you know, uh, you know how, what do you think went wrong? And then they chat about how badly that lay was. Do I feel sexual <laughs> chemistry with you? Um... Look, not at the moment. For me, sexual chemistry is one of the most important things in a relationship, and I wouldn't want a relationship without that. I just need time to find you sexually attractive again. Oh, Lord. Sounds like the... Yeah, it's it's just a lot, but, yeah, I'm just happy to end the conversation there. Sounds like the only person 
Harrison finds sexually attractive is Harrison. Yeah, yeah I think so. I he, think he, you're he, onto he's, something. He's in the mirror. He's always looking to it. So Harrison's shaping up as the bad boy. Uh, he's shagged and now he wants out, but yeah. he's trapped. Yeah, well, that's a recipe for disaster. That's, that's the reason- most marriages, isn't it? Yeah. Check, <laughs> check you. Check your contract, Harrison. You're supposed to be oh, for another mate. six weeks, brother. Well, the reason right. he was a villain for me was then he followed that up. I thought she was pretty cool about it. Then he yeah. says this. I feel like you're getting a bit emotional, though. I kind of don't know where all these hysterics are coming from. I didn't get angry. I didn't raise my voice. Yeah, he's a tosser, honestly. <laughs> yes. I would have yeah. driven the limo straight through the vineyards to the nearest <laughs> road if I was there. <laughs> Well done. I can't wait for further updates. Um, you'll, be having really? math, you'll be having maths parties at your house. Joining us now, live down the line, all the way from the great state of WA, and in particular the city of Perth, one of the greatest living comedians on the face of the planet, uh, and a good mate and hopefully someone who will contribute to the show from time to time. Make him welcome. Ross Noble, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, 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 hello. hello. Yes, I am. I, I am in. I am in Perth. So, with the time difference, uh, hello to the future. Your, <laughs> your. It's good to see. Are you? Have you got uh, jetpacks and uh, yes, and like yes. s- silver suits and all that? Yeah, if I sound oh. a bit weird, it's because I'm. Uh, yeah, you. You. I'm. I, am I on a sat? I don't know if I'm on a satellite or whether or not I'm coming through some sort of fiber optic cable but either way for sound a bit weird and also actually while we're on the subject it is good because it is so early in the morning for me i can't fully guarantee that i'm not dreaming right now so if if at any point while we're chatting any point during the chat i just start screaming and going my feet my feet are turning into claws and my pillow smells weird and it's singing show tunes that's why Ah, uh, well, we're off to a flyer. We are three hours ahead of you. Uh, I'm coming to you from a pod. Uh, it's just, uh, th- that should reach you in about an hour and a half. Uh, tell us why you're in Perth um, and what's happening in the ground over the- on the ground over there. I'm, uh, I'm doing some shows. Get, get sound like when you said I'm coming from a pod. I just, I, luckily I can, I can see you on my screen. Otherwise, I thought you were, I thought you were uh, blending in with some whales. You know, they, they move in a pod, don't they? That's just sort of uh, had a delightful image of you, uh, yeah. like in Avatar, you know, the new Avatar film. You <laughs> yes. with just with the wheels through the water there being chased out. Um, I, I'm in. Do, uh, do you know my well, theory on. So, just quick, my theory on Avatar, and I, I've been wanting maybe you can answer who are the fatties? Everyone in, everyone <laughs> in the Avatar is like really th- Thin and uh, healthy, and where's the diversity in the Avatar world? You're absolutely right there, but I think that's because Avatar One, they were uh, they were in the woods, weren't they? And they were yeah, they flying were. on those things. Yeah. And you can't be you can't be carrying timber when you're riding on the back of those <laughs> on the back of those. You climb on the back of those flying things, and you yeah. plug in, and they yeah. just because your minds your minds connect. And that's not sure. what you want. It's fair enough. If you're in a relationship and your partner knows you put on a bit of weight and they're discreetly saying, you know what, I, th- I think you should go for a run or something. But if you, <laughs> plug in, you plug into something and you read its subconscious mind and it's actually just going, oh, get off, you fat pig. That's not. And so they've got, 
so they're in the woods and yeah. then they're, they're in the water and they're yeah. swimming along. But in the next one, we haven't yeah. seen the avatars in the urban environment. And I think it's <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be all fatties. The whole thing no, is just no. gonna be shop, shopping like shopping centers full of Navi and they're, they're just gonna be waddling around and they'll be catching cabs. Catching cabs and also you know those uh, mobility scooters that you see yeah. those ve- very very large people on. There'll be like a Navi shopping center, and they'll plug into the mobility scooter, and it'll be like a, it'll be like a big sturdy tortoise that takes them around. You but, know what they'll uh, be doing? They'll be sitting in a cinema watching Avatar with a large Coke and a large popcorn, but and putting on weight. As they watch, three hours I think it takes. That's the time difference between Perth and Melbourne, isn't it? It is. You can you can literally if you watch Avatar on the plane, then you then you're back. You know? But <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking up. of uh, speaking of people who aren't uh, aren't as slim as they could be, I've been spending a lot of time by the pool at my hotel. Okay, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of beautiful people up there. Or People who think they're beautiful and want to share it with the world, right? There's been an I've noticed there's an awful lot of uh, awful lot of Instagramming going Instagrammers. on. By the influencers, oh, you're surrounded goodness. by influencers. Oh. What? Well, it's unbelievable. They're influencing away, and yet, right? You try and influence them just verbally, they don't like it. I found it's really odd. It's fine to do it online, but if you walk in and go pat that in, so what I've noticed. I've noticed that so I'm up by the pool there, and if you hold the, they've got to hold the phone at a certain angle <laughs> in order to get the right so their face looks. I don't, I don't understand. But what yeah. I've figured out is when you got the phone at that angle, with the way that the height of the chairs by the pool, it's at exactly <laughs> arse height, right? So what I've been doing is, and it's, and I, I encourage you to do this, just. Just drop your trousers a little bit. Just, just, just. So you've just shown a little bit of arse crack, and then as the as they take the photograph, you quickly walk through. But they're so busy obsessing over their face, they don't notice that you've given them a wonderful background treat for their Instagram <laughs> followers. And uh, I, I caught. You've heard of photo bombing. I'm yeah. calling it photo bombing. You just, I love it. You just thought about the picture. So that's. Uh, yeah. You've been photo hey, Roscoe, I, 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 I had Ross three years in Perth. Perth. I had three years in Perth, and it's it's got a little bit wild of late. Uh, you can't even go to Hungry Jack's over there now uh, if you're over 18. So, what's what's the latest? What Can you give us an update on Hungry Jack's? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, I like the way you said that as well. I like the way I was three years in Perth. Now, luckily, I know that you're a top flight sports person. Otherwise, I'd have gone, oh, dear, he was, uh, he was in prison. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. In prison. Okay, you, you, yeah. You still could be right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A man, a man with a shaved head and a lot of tattoos. It's just going like, uh, I, th- I think I saw him breaking rocks by the highway. There was, uh, it's... <laughs> You know what? I always thought, yes, Hungry Jack, there's a, uh, I always thought Perth was quite, uh, it's quite a posh, you know, it's quite posh. Yeah. But where I'm staying at the moment is, you yeah. might know the street, uh, I won't give away, I was about to give away the street, I'm an idiot. No, a, and your room ne- number. Near, <laughs> ne- next, uh, yes, here's the key, any, any fat <laughs> navies that would like to come up. 
it's gonna be uh, it's gonna look like a smurf orgy um <laughs> this you fat this you fat um so yeah that's right yeah they just uh so there's this street you might know it where they've got how can i put this they've got a selection of um adult emporiums shall we okay. say sure uh, yes, I do know. Ne- next to each other and uh i was walking along the street there it's quite a li- little bit little bit dodgy and i wasn't don't get me wrong i wasn't looking i was just walking past the <laughs> the shop right i get yes. this i was loving this in the window so they've got all of the the the, the items of an adult nature shall we say and then, then they've got a, a, a screen they've got a, like a, a tv screen yeah. And it's showing footage of a woman shoplifting and then a Crime Stoppers advert. So what? this woman, this woman has gone into the adult emporium and is stealing things. And it's very hard in that scenario because obviously, you know, you see somebody in an adult emporium shoving something down their trousers. They might just be trying out the items, right? And, and I looked and sure enough, they're trying to find the shoplifting, the shoplifting woman, but my head didn't didn't connect the two because it's like yes. so i thought is that a new thing like there's fellas out there just going uh can you uh try try and you can try something new and say oh do you want me to dress up as a sexy nurse oh no a french maid no i'd like you to dress up as a sexy shoplifter please it's all it's all the rage and i thought this woman's nicking stuff and they're trying to get the, and then the police finally catch her and she goes it's all right lads i've got my own handcuffs you know <laughs> then so, the uh, policeman turns out to be a male stripper he takes his clothes <laughs> off. And hey, that's off. Yeah, you go, I've been stealing as well. It's a million thing. But no, Hungry Jacks over here, Hungry Jacks have brought a new thing in where you have to be, because they've had trouble with kids, I'm presuming. Yeah. But Hungry yeah. Jacks, there's an age limit to get to get into Hungry Jacks. So now, you go, I like a burger, burger and fries, please. They go, can we have some ID? <laughs> have to show photo ID, but no, but I think it, or either that or it's just a bunch of the Navi who have done. You know what? <laughs> your, photo, your, your photo ID could be uh, a lie, like a lot of the photos they show of their own hamburgers behind the bar, which always look fantastic, <laughs> don't they? You go, I ordered that. What is this? It's completely different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, hey. uh, it's all uh, gone. <laughs> I just want to say, we've been dealing with a bit of an echo. This is like time travel for us, isn't it? Yeah, There's a slight echo and a slight delay on your line. That delay is compounded by a further three-hour delay. So we're kind of in some kind of, I don't know, I think we need Stephen Hawking to tell us and a whiteboard. To tell us exactly how we're Julie communicating we need. At, at this moment in time. You're doing shows in Perth, which is great news for everyone in Perth. You're strutting the boards, as they say in yes. the classics. Are you having fun? Are you back in your natural habitat? Are you enjoying uh, life back on stage? Absolutely loving it. The uh, The venue that I'm doing is, uh, it's like one of these sort of pop-up venues. It's like an old cinema uh, that they've turned back into a venue. And I'll be honest with you, um, there's a fine line between shabby chic and a major health hazard. It's uh, <laughs> it's kind of got that vibe of, uh, you know, it's like, what? Kind of, look, the audience are loving it. There's gales of laughter. And I'd like to yeah. say that's because of me, but I think it might be because of the lead paint. 
if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's, there's, there's, uh, oh, the other night, I was, I was on stage the other night and there was a, an Argentinian woman in the front row and, uh, and I thought, and she wasn't, she was a bit confused, you know, and I chatted yeah. to her and then in very broken English, she explained that she was Argentinian and I mean, obviously that's a gift from the comedy gods to me, but sure. I just thought, that's a worrying precedent. If all, if if basically people who are trying to learn English think, I know a good place to try. <laughs> there's all these people, all these Argentinians around the world. They can't order a drink. They can't ask for directions, but they can tell you how to buy a cannon to fire a monkey out of it. <laughs> well, I I tell you what, if you're in Perth. And you want to see Ross Noble at a fire trap? Go along yeah. and see him in his. Show. That's how the show should end: going up in flames. <laughs> but we love talking to you, even in these most outrageous of circumstances. We'll go and have a listen to the black box recording of this particular interview, <laughs> and I'm sure we will uh, be dutifully entertained as always. We thank you for your time uh, this morning, and uh, go back to bed. All right, I will. I got, I got two fat navvies waiting for me. <laughs> go on, you, Ross. Go. See ya. Good on See you, mate. Well hey, done, buddy. We will fix that up. We'll tidy that yeah. up. That will have a certain style to it. Uh, that was yeah, still yeah, yeah. You're funny under any circumstances, Ross. So thank yeah, you, mate. Great to see you. All right. See you, for another week that was. Let's start with MJ's tattoos. We went on the Kangaroo Tour in 1990 with the Australian team. Twelve of us went out one night, got Ruse 90 tattooed on our bums, and <laughs> about five or six of the players tried to rub them off with detergent. You <laughs> can't rub a tattoo <laughs> off with detergent, you idiot. Have you got one you do regret? Well, there's one on my bum that... Of, of Gus Wallen. Jeez, your bum. Well, that must take hours of reading at the end of the day. Your, your bum's like the Rosetta Stone. <laughs> the Magna Carta. You need a bookmark. Right down, down your ass crack. I'm going to put a bookmark in there. I'll read the second buttock tomorrow. There were some hygiene issues at a Sydney chicken shop. On the one hand, I love chicken. On the other hand, I really like restaurant hygiene. <laughs> and I, I like the two working in tandem. Now, I admit the photos don't look good, but I also admit the photos are making me hungry. But was it worse than this? I hear a noise coming from the bathroom. There, sitting on a cubicle with the door opened, is the chef <laughs> shelling peas. What? What did I order last night? Please tell me it wasn't the pie floater. Please tell me it wasn't pea soup. What the hell is that? With school starting back this week, we reminisced about dodgy school excursions back in the day. We went to Carlton United Brewery. Um, <laughs> Hang on, how old were you? Grade four, so... <laughs> uh, milk processing plant. A milk processing plant. Pinch yourself, that's a great day out. How'd you go? Well, I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> They took us to an abattoir. <laughs> <laughs> Come home covered in blood. How was school yeah. today? I saw a cow being killed and I'm now a vegetarian. Well, I was in uh, Canberra and then we came up to Sydney. They had a stay at the dodgiest hotel in the heart of King's Cross. Oh, so no. 2014 and 15 year olds just roaming the streets. Um, <laughs> All right, kids, but... be back before dark. <laughs> yeah. No sticklers for the rules in those days. We were taken all the way to Brookwood Cemetery. <laughs> oh, wow. I think we have a winner. Yeah. 
With the passing of Laverne and Shirley star Cindy Williams, we reminisce about your favourite TV shows. <laughs> Remember the show I Dream of Jeannie? There's a show you wouldn't get up today. Either. No. Why? Oh, no. Why? Astronaut keeps a hot chick in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. And she does stuff for whatever yeah. he wants. Every wish. <laughs> well, he goes out and has some fun. Do you know, growing up, we started our own A-team. We had an Irvan, and we'd do something like steal a bird bath out of someone's front yard. <laughs> And as we drove off, you'd hear that, like that, 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 that. And you knew you'd be A teamed. And we'd, we'd leave him a note saying, It's down the beach. You can go and re- retrieve it. Woman on TikTok wants an adults only suburb. MG had a different approach. Can I have a suburb that has no TikTok in it? That'd be nice. Whoa. How about that? Yeah, hey, hey. What, no social media, no phone? None, none. What are we going to do? We're going to play touch football on the road. We're going to play cricket right, in the gonna, street. Yeah, we'll do, we'll make a billy cart. Oh, yes. Imagine that. What we'll do is we'll steal the trolley from the shopping centre and take the wheels off and put that on the billy cart. Oh, that's too far. That's too far. I thought there were no kids in this suburb. (laughs) (laughs) That's just us. And we were devastated to hear the Vagina Museum was closing down. It was previously shut once a week every month anyway. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. (laughs) You need a machete to get through the 1986. (laughs) <laughs> we don't even talk about 1970s. 70s, good lord. That could take your eye out. <laughs> That'll be a great school excursion. <laughs> That's, of course, a lot of men don't know what to do with that museum. <laughs> do you know what? There's also a giant dick museum. That's in Canberra. It's called Parliament House. <laughs> a couple of great mates joined the show. Glenn Robbins told us about facing a ball from Shane Warne. In the air, you can hear ripping through the air, I started laughing because I knew it could do one of ten things. Up, down, <laughs> left, right, all over. And you're just going, oh, this is like a magic trick. I leant forward, I closed my eyes, and I swung the bat, and I hit it, and I heard Shane Warne go, shot, Glenny. So, you know, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, you know, and I went on to win the Ashes for Australia, and uh, the rest is history. Sam Pang told us about what it's like working with Mick. It's like working with the Weinstein brothers. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. There's no allegedly about it. There's no allegedly. in jail, those two. Embezzlement's a strong word, MG, but anyway. If you can't get one off in a pot plant, I don't at the office. I don't know what it is. And finally, Mick and MG revealed what reality shows they were asked to do. Celebrity Survivor. You'd be good on that. Yeah, I I know, but at the time, I was an ambassador for Advanced Hair Studios. Every time I'd go out, I'd put a little bit of dark powder in my hand to make my hair look thicker. And the first thing I thought about was being in the jungle, coming out of the water, and then seeing the donut in the back of my head, or the Devon. So basically, I turned down Celebrity Survivor because I didn't want to see my fry tuck in the back of my head. <laughs> celebrity Overhaul, where they get you in and beat you into shape and you have to like lose weight. I said, wow, thanks for the call. Thanks for thinking of me. How long is this series? They said, eight weeks. I said, you won't even touch the sides, you idiots. <laughs> that was the week that was on Mick and MG in the morning. Well done, everyone.